Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, March 9th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Joe Biden's budget. Number two, Kroger's merger effort is moving into high gear. And number three, move to ban TikTok is hitting some speed bumps in the house. All right, Jake, before we get to the top three stories of the morning, I do want to note uh, the top of Punchbowl News AM. Uh, We are continuing reporting on the news that we first reported last night that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell was hospitalized after falling at a GOP event. Yeah, he was at the um, Waldorf Astoria uh, in downtown Washington, formerly the Trump Hotel, where he was for a... Uh, a dinner um, and uh, was taken to the hospital. We broke the story late last night um, and uh, wishing all the best to McConnell. Um, uh, a scary, a scary incident. And we hope, and we, we hope to know more today um, and we'll, and we'll do our best to know more uh, in the next, you know, hopefully the next 12 hours or so. All right. With that, we will continue to keep you abreast of what's happening with McConnell. But let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Talking budget with Biden's OMB director, President Joe Biden, set to travel to Philadelphia today to unveil his 2024 budget blueprint. Budgets, of course, are political documents as much as they are policy statements. And this one will provide all of us a peek into the White House's priorities for the sprawling federal bureaucracy, as well as how Biden wants to fight the battle over the debt limit, spending, and the deficit as he gears up to run for re-election. You know, I just want to note, uh, today is the the 26th anniversary of the death in the, of the notorious B.I.G. Um, so really important I, aside. It is. <laughs> I, you know, if I don't say it, you won't. So, like, some, <laughs> someone, someone's got to say it here. You know, Anna, very interesting to me. I was going through um, the news this morning. I was going through the um, uh, coverage this morning, other people's coverage, which is we try to include in Punchbowl News AM, midday and PM, um, should should we have space for it. Um, the New York Times headline on the budget is Biden will release dead on arrival budget picking fight with GOP. And the lead is... President Biden will propose a budget on Thursday that has no chance of driving tax or spending decisions in Congress this year. Um, Bravo, right? Because budgets are that. They are political documents which do lay out, as you said, they do lay out priorities, but that is it. They are not, especially the the president's budget, they are not governing documents in the sense that they don't really have any actionable impact on what happens in the... um, in governing. So I, I want to note that first at the top. Now we spoke last night, yesterday with, with Shalanda Young, the president's budget director um, uh, about the budget and about what, what's, you know, what Biden's looking for and things of that nature. And her point is, is, you know, what Brez and I were talking about yesterday is does the white house think that we're in an era of deficit reduction um, and spending cuts and, uh, you know, uh, director Young, the uh, Shalanda Young, the, the budget director, 
basically said this isn't a new message from Biden, uh, fiscal responsibility. But, you know, the the gap here, the gulf between um, Republicans and Democrats is quite wide. The, the This budget calls for raising taxes um, uh, and does get to that three trillion dollar mark. Um, in deficit reduction over uh, over a 10 year period, which is how budgets are me- measured. So um, this does if it does anything, it kind of kicks off a few things here. Number one, Biden goes to Philadelphia, does a big event um, today to talk about the talk about what he, why he's doing what he's doing. Uh, in about uh, Republicans now have about a month, a little bit more to release their budget Um We'll have much more about that in the coming weeks. Um, we are. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can produce a budget that can get 218 Republican votes. Uh, there are many who are skeptical of that. Uh, and then we're in April and May, and then we start talking about the debt ceiling in earnest. So this kicks off debt ceiling, you know, the debt ceiling period, the debt ceiling rush, which will hit a, hit a fever peach. Wow, that's not the word a I'm looking peach. for. Hit a peach. A, a fever peach. That's a good n- name for a restaurant. Uh, <laughs> we'll hit a fever peak at some point in the spring and summer. All right. We will be watching this. And I think in particular what you, you're saying, right, this is really a political document. Um, but I think it shows to, to me really the opening rounds of, to your point, where uh, Biden is 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 seeing, you know, what his priorities are, where he sees cuts possible, uh, and then, you know, clearly this is going to be uh, something that Republicans will attack and uh, will respond to, and then uh, we're off to the races here in terms of actually getting down to the business of legislating, which is figuring out how they're going to raise the debt limit. All right, let's go to the number two story of the morning. A really interesting uh, item. I always love a good K Street item. Somebody who covered it for a long time. Uh, but we got some news. Kroger, the supermarket giant, in the midst of a proposed $25 billion merger with Albertsons, has hired Squire Patton Boggs and a figure that we know well, former Speaker John Boehner, to help navigate the choppy waters of official Washington. Boehner is going to be providing Kroger with strategic counsel and will not register to lobby, but two of his former aides, Tommy Anders and David Schnittner, will lobby for Kroger. Kroger is based in Cincinnati and Andrews. Schnitt and Boehner are all Cincinnati natives. Now, let me ask you this, Anna. So d- d- maybe you could help make sense of this because <laughs> Brez and I were talking about this yesterday. Do you? So Boehner doesn't lobby. He provides strategic counsel. He's, Boehner's not a registered lobbyist. What does that mean? You know, advice. Uh, certainly, Boehner uh, has seen uh, and is, is very familiar with the concept of how these murders go through um, or don't go through. Of course, we've written a bunch about this, Jake, I think over the past several months. Um, in October, Senators Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren called on the FTC to block the mega merger, raising antitrust and labor concerns. Consumer advocates and labor unions are also opposing the deal. So I think, you know, when you look at bringing on a firm like Squire Patton Boggs, they are, you know, these these aren't the first lobbyists that are that are being engaged on this issue or, or consultants or strategists. Um, but, you know, certainly Tommy and, and Schnitt, are, I'm sure, are going to be doing the hand to hand combat while somebody like Boehner is going to try to figure out what's the strategy. Who are the Republicans that potentially could uh, be supportive of this? Are there kind of landmines 
that the supermarket giant hasn't thought of yet. Um, but, you know, I, I do think I mean, there's a lot of folks uh, in town who do more of this strategic council but aren't actually in a lot of the meetings. Yeah, and, and the other thing I would say is he probably understands, as do Schnitt and Tommy, um, understand the um, the arguments that will be most persuasive to members of Congress about this, should they, you know, about this mer merger, should they run into some problems with members of Congress, right? Like they understand what arguments to make uh, to help head off problems, I think is uh, that also with Boehner, that would probably be something that is that is um, uh, useful for him to be engaged in. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Really interesting item. Um, you know, during the last week, there's been this renewed urgency in Washington to take action on TikTok, of course, the enormously popular Chinese-owned social media app. But like most things in Congress, there's often a rush uh, and then uh, uh, a, a hold back or things don't move quite, quite as fast as most folks expect them to. Um, and, and that's what this item is about. Even though the House Foreign Affairs Committee cleared a bill last week that would allow President Joe Biden to ban TikTok, Speaker Kevin McCarthy and House Majority Leader Steve Scalise are telling us they are in no rush to move that or any legislation to the floor. Yeah, uh, you know, I was a bit uh, not surprised. I, I don't want to say I was surprised, but um, we kept asking people whether, the, you know, when a TikTok bill would come to the floor of the House and, and, and not get an answer. So I talked to McCarthy and Scalise directly yesterday. McCarthy's point is he wants to build a coalition around one bill instead of having a bunch of bills. Right now, there are a bunch of bills. Mark Warner and John Thune have a bill. Mike McCall has a bill. Marco Rubio has a bill. There's just a lot of bills floating out there on TikTok. And the question, it's a sliding scale with TikTok. It, 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 people either want to ban it outright, like Rubio, or, or um, create a process by which the administration can ban it, um, or ban any you know, any uh, technological threat. Um, and that is where Warner and um, Thune are, broadly speaking. McCall had a, you know, a, a similar bill that passed out of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. I don't, I do think something will get done on TikTok. The question that we were talking about yesterday is, um, does TikTok find some sort of other pathway out of this, some sort of, ownership structure, uh, alliance with an American company that that heads off some of the pressure. I don't know that, um, but that's obviously been talked a ton about in the media and um, uh, since the Trump days, since the Trump administration. So, you know, the larger thing that people are talking about on the Hill, Anna, is that like um, with the Warner bill, they want the administration to make the case that this is a dangerous thing, um, you know, untold millions of people use TikTok. Um, and it, it, I think that there's a recognition from some on the Hill that just ripping it out of people's hands is a difficult thing to do. So that'll be or the Certainly ripping pull. it out of the hands of many of these people's teens will be a hard thing to do. You, you mean children are sometimes difficult to deal with? No, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't know that. Interestingly enough, all of the all of the intelligence um, heads were on the hill yesterday, and Rubio said um, did like a question and answer with them during a hearing and said, you know, 
could could the Chinese government use TikTok to control data on millions of users? FBI Director Chris Ray said yes. Rubio said, could they use it to control the software on millions of the de- devices given the opportunity to do so? And Ru- and Ray said yes. So like the threat or what the administration and intelligence community sees as a threat is now kind of in the open. Um, uh, so again, uh, interesting times with TikTok. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please tell your friends about it. Share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. And you can dive deeper on all these issues and more if you sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.